welcome back to the Marriage Puzzle Podcast. I'm Julie. And I'm Thomas. And we're in a series called 15 Lessons After 15 Years of Marriage. We're at lesson number nine called Be the Best Spouse. Last week, we talked about loving your spouse unconditionally. And this week, we're essentially talking about how you can be lovable. Um, Because we believe if you want to make a better marriage, you have to make a better you. And the goal to be a better you is to be healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Right. Like Julie said, that uh, since last week we talked about loving your spouse unconditionally, it's important to make it easy for them to do that by working on yourself uh, to make yourself the best spouse. And we're not talking about this from a competition perspective, not trying to one-up each other, um, like put the other person down to make yourself better or anything like that. Um, But, you know, just trying to make it easy for them to love you unconditionally. Continually to work on yourself, just like you did before marriage. Yeah. So, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, let's let's start with mentally. Um, So be confident. Um, That's an easy way to uh, start becoming the best version of yourself. Be confident because confidence is attractive. Um, Don't get that confused though with cockiness because cockiness is not attractive. Um, Putting someone else down to build yourself up um, is the cocky side of things. Um, And doing that, uh, that really is absolutely unattractive. Um, And, you know, it just just doesn't make you look like a very nice and kind person. Mm -hmm. So, um, and don't also swing so far the other direction where you put yourself down to try and get someone else to build you up, kind of fishing for those compliments like, oh, I'm not any good at this. Um, and, you know, waiting for your spouse to say, oh, yes, you're great at that. What are you talking about? Like, that's also unattractive. It's it's tiring um, as a spouse to um, have to try and keep building your spouse up when you're also trying to make yourself better for them. I think the goal is like right in the middle because I, I know people who are really cocky and then I know people who are not confident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's kind of like... Uh, you know, approaching life with this, um, I know what I know. I'm good at what I'm good at. I, I am who I am. I look, you know, amazing or whatever. Like it's a, it's a, it's definitely that mental, um, confidence that you can carry yourself, uh, correctly, not too cocky, but that's where the attraction comes in. Um, you're already married, you, you won them over, but how can you, you know, keep being confident in life and all your abilities? Yeah. Like loving yourself from a non narcissistic point of view. Yeah. Um, you know, loving yourself kind of through the lens that your spouse loves you. Um, like, yeah, I am me. I love me because this is how I was made. This is who I am. Not, I love me above everybody else. That's not, you know, the point of view that you want to take, but uh, loving your spouse, yourself the way that your spouse does. Um, another couple of ways is you can uh, stay sharp. Um, be mindful of what you're reading or listening to or watching um, or shouldn't be watching for that matter. Um, fill your mind with the things that are going to make you a better person, not... Um, not ideas of what you want to be necessarily. I mean, it can be that, but not unrealistic things. Um, So, you know, 
uh, I guess, you know, like reading, reading books that are, you know, so far outside your realm of reality that, you know, may actually hurt you or, you know, shows that you're watching or something like that. I mean, uh, I, I can pick on The Bachelor kind of easily <laughs> with this. I mean, you know, uh, I think that you, it's called a reality show, but it's so unrealistic and kind of putting that into your mind is going to be like, that's how I want my marriage to be. We, we talked about this um, in a recent episode as well that, you know, um, don't think, you know, unrealistically of, you know, what uh, what you want something to be. I mean, you can't idolize something else and try and make it what you have because then you're going to start living in that other area and not being happy where you're at. So be mindful of what you're putting into your mind so that it's things that can help you better yourselves and not actually impact you in a negative way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also uh, ways to stay sharp, you know, you, I think we, you know, we graduate college and we might have think, we might think we arrived, but maybe you want to go back to school or maybe it's not going back to school. You could, you know, take a course that um, helps grow your career or uh, even a new trade, you know, um, if you want to learn a new instrument, remember we bought guitars cause we wanted to learn, yeah, that didn't last long. <laughs> but we were trying to engage our mind and, you know, come up with a new hobby or a sport or, you know, you could watch YouTube tutorials to, to learn something. So it's not just wasted mind space that you can continue to, um, learn and grow and be the better, a better you. And, and uh, I'm going to go a little off topic here for a second, um, back in our, uh, I think it was lesson six, it's our money, so act like it. Um, we talked about the value of each individual in the marriage and about, you know, if, if how some marriages have, you know, like a breadwinner and a caretaker um, for, for the kids or for the family. And that's t- a totally fine model. Um, and, but, you know, there is often this stereotype around that model that there's not as much value for the caretaker. Um, and that's absolutely a terrible stereotype, uh, because just because you may not be bringing in income doesn't mean you're bringing, not bringing value. It also doesn't mean if you're in that scenario of one person being the caretaker and one person being the breadwinner, that as the caretaker, you can't better yourself and try to learn a new skill and try to bring in some income from home, start a business, do something. Not, not that it's all about money, but you know, I think it's an easy avenue to talk about in terms of learning a new skill, like we were just mentioning. Um, you know, if you're a caretaker, you don't have to just be that forever until the kids are grown and in school. You can start trying to learn new skills and do things that make you more competent and feel like you're bringing more value to the home, even though you're already bringing a ton of value, but you can increase that even further. Um, just a little side rant for that, for that uh, situation. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and then, you know, uh, make sure that you're checking your mindset. Um, wake up each day and say, I'm going to make the best, make this the best day in my marriage. Um, maybe you're going through a rough patch in your marriage and it's easy to wake up and be like, huh, I woke up next to this guy again. Um, and, you know, uh, that's that's an easy way to approach things, right? And it's harder to wake up and say, you know what? Today's going to be a good day. Today's the day we turn things around. Today's the day that I'm going to, you know, rekindle my love for them. Um, 
And so, you know, I, th- I think that's the harder way to do it. But starting off your day with a positive mindset, even maybe write down some things that you're thankful for in that regard are going to make it uh, make it a lot easier to make yourself better um, and and move forward in a in a positive way. Yeah. And next. Uh, so that was mental, uh, mentally. And next is emotionally growing um, to be the better you emotionally. And I wanted to speak to this because I've been a little bit outspoken on here about um, me dealing with anxiety uh, recently over the past couple years, actually, Mm -hmm. after kind of after we had our daughter, um, who's two and a half now. And then the last year, we've experienced two miscarriages and we continue to, you know, our trying to conceive a a fourth child. And so I've had to really learn to let go of what I can't control Mm -hmm. and figure out what I could do to build my confidence um, and get my, I don't want to say emotions like under control, but learn to, um, to live (laughs) with what I can and cannot control. Right. I, I think that, you know, some of that is based around like things that trigger you and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, we've been, I mean, you've read some books on that. We're reading another book specifically related to arguments talking about triggers as well. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure there's some overlap in arguments and anxiety and, you know, how those triggers can come into play. Yeah, I think so. So emotionally is something that, um, you know, me personally, you can just like push down deep. And when life experiences happen, even with the miscarriages, like things are triggering, triggering in me that I didn't deal with from my childhood. Like it may not even have to anything to do with the the current experience. Um, and so I think just a daily work, um, it's, I'm still in it, you know, but it's been a daily choice to work on my emotional health, um, and my relationships, in our marriage, um, and really dealing with those traumas and trials and, um, people you need to talk to, (laughs) things you need to just write down and journal. Um, and just a very practical thing as we're talking about, um, being a better you or building confidence in this. Um, it's not all about looks. I don't want to, you know, go there next is physical, but, (laughs) um, but in emotional, I had to learn like, what does make me feel better, mm-hmm. you know, that I wouldn't just want to stay in bed all day and, and cry. Like, what could I do that helps me feel better? And um, it sounds so silly, but I feel more confident when I get my nails done. Like, I think I said that on a previous episode of like, I like going and get a manicure and pedicure. It just helps me like pull up, <laughs> you know, my big girl pants and like face the day, I just feel prettier and confident. For you, it could be putting on makeup. It could be, um, I don't know, tell me a guy thing. Like <laughs> Maybe it's just, you know, getting up and accomplishing a task for the day, like uh, making your bed or or something like that. And, you know, just saying like, you know, I have done something productive with my day. I got up and I made the bed um, or, you know, wash the car or, you know, whatever. And, you know, I think that's, you know, one of the things that I like, you know, specifically is just having a clean car, which is virtually impossible with kids, by the way. <laughs> um, so so if you're going to have kids soon and you really like a clean car, lower your expectations a little <laughs> bit on that just so you don't disappoint yourself. Um, but that's that's a thing that I really like is having a, having a clean car. Um, 
that that you know i mean lived in is okay not not lived in but like you know used you know um we eat in the car yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, not like go spotless. through life in your car and you know so it doesn't have to be perfect um but just trying to keep up with it taking care of your things is i guess the best way i can put that um you know that's something that you know we've been blessed to have is a car and so we should do our best to take care of it and you know i think that includes cleaning it that's an interesting perspective because i think yeah if you take care of your things but you don't take care of yourself you know you're out of balance and you're not being the best you so um from you know working on your emotions i would say just work on it do the work um and don't blame hormones like <laughs> seriously with like I said, everything we've experienced with our losses this year have been very hormonal, very emotional. But one of the biggest things is when someone came to um, take care of me, like help me, and they made a comment like, you're hormonal. And it was the worst. Like, never say that to your spouse, first of all. It was not Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but never say that to your spouse. Never say that to anyone. But I, even because hearing that, like, hurt me so bad, like, yes, duh, I'm hormonal. I also have chosen to not use that as an excuse, um, but to lean into those emotions of saying, like, what is triggering this emotion? What can I do differently? um today to work on this or even if it goes up back to mentally what can I choose um to focus on um and at the end of the day if if you can't do that work alone it is totally totally fine to reach out and do you know individual uh counseling or um uh, someone to talk to to help you through those emotions or those past traumas or triggers to get yourself more emotionally healthy. Right. And guys, side note, don't uh, use the excuse that you're hormonal either. So <laughs> no, just... you can be emotional <laughs> over the top. <laughs> I'm trying not to stereotype it, but that's why I wanted to speak to hey, emotional health. <laughs> I, I also run another podcast on manliness. And so I think I can tell the guys out there, uh, don't say that you're hormonal. It's... <laughs> not nearly a manly thing to do. So, um, but, uh, moving on, let's talk about physically, um, take care of yourself for your spouse. Um, that is a, uh, a big statement in reality. I mean, uh, you know, we, we get married, we say these vows of, you know, we're going to take care of each other and, you know, better or worse sickness and health, things like that. Uh, but, that, I mean, it doesn't mean your spouse has to serve you hand and foot. You have to put in the work for yourself to make it easier for them to do that. Um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of times people get married and then they let themselves go. And, um, you know, your spouse should understand that things change, bodies change, especially when you have kids. Um, for sure. Yeah. So, um, but they'll be... Even... Can I blame the hormones on my body? <laughs> The physical changes? No comment. <laughs> um, not not in this section. You okay. can't. I mean, we're talking about being your best self, right? So, um, I think that uh, you'll your your spouse is going to find you even more attractive if they see you doing something physically to stay healthy. Now, we're not specifically talking about a specific body image or anything like that because we understand that uh, people are built differently, and and you know, yeah, maybe you've had a few kids, and then that changes you and um you know maybe the dads are giving you kind of uh, sympathy and they're they're kind of letting their belly grow too so um <laughs> so I, we're not really talking about a specific type 
uh, of body here, but it's more of back to kind of a mindset thing. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be going to the gym and, uh, you know, trying to crush it every day and get shredded. Um, but, uh, you know, it could be as simple as going for a walk every day or choosing the stairs or, you know, having uh, healthier eating habits, um, choosing better habits, uh, better things to eat, you know, than you have in the past and, um, you know, not obsessively drinking, um, excessively drinking. Um, and so um, I think that doing some of those things and showing your spouse that, you know, look, I'm trying to make conscious decisions to be better and want to be on the planet longer with you. Um, I mean, if you're, <laughs> if you're drinking a, a 12 pack each day and whether that's of beer or soda, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's probably going to kill you sooner. Um, and you know, over a long period of time, if your spouse wants you to be healthy, that's a hard thing to approach hard conversation to approach as a spouse either direction, right? So going to your spouse and saying, hey, I'd like it if you exercised or ate healthier. That's a hard conversation to have. Even as vulnerable as you can get with each other, that's still a hard conversation to have with your spouse. So kind of keeping that conversation off the table and being proactive about it yourself so your spouse doesn't have to come to you with that conversation because they are probably coming, number one, from a point of caring about you, but number two, also, they still want to stay attracted to you as well, um, uh, but if, if you can proactively do something about that and show them that just the action of that is going to be more attractive to them. Yeah, I think um, why we choose health in our marriage is one, we're keeping up with the kids right now, <laughs> so it's kind of easy. Like, uh, we, we have twin seven-year-olds and a, and a two-year-old currently and I um we work out but people you know often say like how'd you lose the baby weight I'm like well I was running after two boys <laughs> like it was easier but um I just never want to kind of fall out of that healthy lifestyle because even when the kids are grown and out of the house I want to be able to keep up with my husband and still go on adventures and not just become couch potatoes in our empty nesters. So um, th that's kind of the mindset. It's again, like, like Thomas said, it's not about body image, but just living a healthy lifestyle that you can enjoy uh, your marriage and enjoy life even years, years to come in your old age. <laughs> and, and I would even go as far as saying like, yes, I think <clears throat> uh, I would even say, healthy lifestyle, the words healthy lifestyle for us are probably a little too strong. Um, I think we try to make conscious, healthy decisions when we're able to. We because, still eat cookies, you know, our cookies and conversation. Yeah, and, and we have three kids. So to get, you know, five of us fed for dinner, sometimes it's drive through at McDonald's or Wendy's. Mm -hmm. And that just we fed our kids, so we accomplished something for the day. Right. And so um, so sometimes it's not necessarily about always you know, uh, making the most healthy decision, um, but trying to be conscious of it and doing it as often as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's going back to mindset. So we have mentally, emotionally, physically in the last area, we think you should be healthy and to be the best spouse spouse is spiritually. Um, a healthy marriage is accepting what you can't change and being the change that you want to see. Mm -hmm. So you can't force your spouse to have the same spiritual maturity as you, 
Um, but you also shouldn't be ashamed of your beliefs or hide them from your spouse um, if, if they are different or at different levels. Um, we really, really believe that you should be open-minded enough to understand each other's beliefs. Um, maybe you talked about that before marriage, but we're seeing a lot that, um, y- you know, as they live together and grow <laughs> uh, older together, that there may weren't, maybe weren't on the same page there. But having Which those, is totally okay. Right. I mean, you can have a marriage founded on two different sets of spiritual beliefs or, you know, lack thereof or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, you just have to um, kind of walk through that together. Well, that's, if you're open-minded to talking about it with mm-hmm. each other and listening and trying from the, you know, coming from the perspective of trying to understand why they believe that way or that they don't don't believe Mm -hmm. um i think that kind of helps you grow to become you know get on the same page um and you know like you always want to model these things to your kids so you can still model them to your spouse but it's not your job to change your spouse that's why this is be the best spouse like be the best you Mm -hmm. um and so uh yeah i think you know sometimes even when you least expect it um your spouse will lean on your faith and they will appreciate your confidence in this area um, for them to grow as well. Yeah. And, and some of that's just you, them knowing that you have their back. And so whatever your beliefs really are, that's okay. Um, It's going to open up that vulnerability for them to know, you know, like you said, I love what you said about listening to them, learning from the perspective of why do you believe this way? Not from a condescending point of view, but genuinely why I'd love to understand from your point of view. We may still not agree on it. We may still walk away with the same belief structure that we came to the conversation with. Um, but learning why that's going to make them feel safe with you to understand like, no, I can still be myself around you. Um, And, uh, also, like you said, at the end of that statement, you know, uh, they may lean on your faith, you know, if, if they're struggling, you know, with something and they, they ask you to kind of help them with that, they know that you're still going to back them up, even though you believe in things differently. And, you know, you never know, you make it to a point where you're like, Hey, I'm praying to my God about this, but I need you to also pray to your God too. Like, (laughs) you know, I mean, if you, if you have different beliefs, like, let's just kind of cover all of our bases here, kind of a scenario. And, and that's, that's great. That's a super vulnerable point to get to, to even ask that question to say, you know what? I I just want to make sure that, you know, you, you've got my back here and, um, that, that vulnerability is going to be key in this scenario. We talk about how vulnerable you have to be to go to just communicate in marriage. We've talked about the vulnerability around finances. Um, This is just another super key area to make sure that you're vulnerable with your spouse in um, so that you can both grow in this together, even if you have different beliefs. Yeah. I think it's also not settling, choosing to not settle. So um, if, even if, if you did believe the same thing, um, which is ideal, mm-hmm. but that's why I said that you could be on different um, levels of spiritual maturity, mm-hmm. different areas, um, different growth points in your life. And so I don't think, you know, the one spouse, not that you should rate each other, but if you just kind of can see maybe um, you know more, you know, you've, you understand a little bit more in this area and you can kind of just cap yourself out because, you know, well, spouses at this level and I'll wait for them to catch up with me. Um, but that's, that's not the point here too. It's 
just kind of bettering yourself, being consistent with those practices. And, um, and then later on another lesson, we'll be talking about growing together, but this one's being the best you and not to give up on your spiritual beliefs or growing in that spiritual maturity, just because you might be different in all these areas, spiritually, physically, emotionally, or mentally. And, and to, to add on to that, lastly, um, the, the confidence, circling it back to confidence at the top of this episode, the confidence your spouse will see in you, they will appreciate if you're standing up for what you believe in no matter what, uh, whether that's you know with them or to them or to anybody else. They're going to see that as attractive to say, you know what, I can appreciate that my spouse believes in something different from me and that they're sticking to that and they're not just changing just because we're married. Um, and they're not trying to change me just because we're married. There's something about that too. But, you know, being confident in your beliefs is going to uh, just make you more attractive to them as well. So absolutely. So, so now each day in your marriage, you have to work hard and should want to choose to be the best spouse every day, every year for years to come. Mm -hmm. So thanks again for joining us on this week's podcast. We release an episode every Monday. We'd love for you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Marriage Puzzle and check out marriagepuzzle.com for more information as well as monthly blog posts there. And if this is your first time listening to us, we encourage you to go back and listen to um, episodes one and two of the Marriage Puzzle podcast to hear why we chose the name uh, Marriage Puzzle and hear about our story and catch all the way up to um, where we are in the 15 years after 15. 15 lessons after 15 years. Yeah, 15 lessons. I got you. Don't worry about it. 15 lessons after 15 years. There's a lot of 15s in there, so it's There's all good. There's a lot. So <laughs> just subscribe uh, so you know where we are, and um, and we'd love for you to leave us a rating. Yeah, because we're not editing that part out, <laughs> and you can know that we're genuine. Yes, we need your help. <laughs> Thanks for your support. We look forward to you joining us next week, where together we'll work on marriage one puzzle piece at a time. See you later. Have a good one.